My sister is gay and getting married. Do I attend the wedding ceremony slash reception? Do I take my kids? If I don't attend, how do I communicate love? In the future, this is a question that each and every one of us is going to have to answer. It might not be a sibling, but every single one of us is going to have to answer this question. So let me first say, I am not going to answer the question for you. I'm going I'm to give you some helpful tips, so I'm not going to stop right there, but I'm not going to answer it for you. At the end of the day, each one of you are going to have to answer this question on your own. You're going to have to open up scriptures. You're going to have to look at your relationship. You're going to have to trust the Spirit of God to lead you in that situation. Now, let me give you two guiding things. On the one hand, I want to make absolutely clear that in the Bible, in creation, God designed gender, sex, and marriage to be inextricably bound. One thing, gender, sex, and marriage. That if you take any of those apart, the whole thing falls apart. By definition, by God's definition, two men or two women cannot be married, not in the Genesis 2 sense. The fact that our government has redefined marriage to include homosexual relationships makes no difference. So let me say, there is a reason, and I I say this with no venom in me, but just pleading with you, there is a reason that God calls homosexual relationships and same-sex sex an abomination. It is literally desecrating something that God made good and holy. And church, if we love the things that God loves, that shouldn't lead us to rage. That should lead us to tears. So for me, it's hard to imagine personally, just personally speaking, it's hard to imagine wanting to celebrate a gay marriage in a way that is helpful for that person and loving for that person. Someplace I have to draw the line, and I would say, because I love you, I can't support this act, even though I'll never stop loving you. That being said, let me show you the other perspective, and I think these both, you've got to wrestle with this. The other perspective is this. You look at Jesus' life, and Jesus went to those parties. Or what's his reputation? He was a friend of drunkards and sinners. Like he entered into the fray. He was neck deep in those gray areas. Like he went into those dark places. And what did he do in those though? He brought life and light and hope and love where there had never been any. And so when he went into those, what did he do? He brought out people who loved God. People whose lives were changed. And God might be calling you to go to those and be Jesus at those weddings and at those parties and at those celebrations, that someone has to be salt in that world to preserve that world, and that might be you. So, if that's your conviction, and depending on the situation, if you go into that, no judgment, I'm not even discouraging you, but I will remind you, Jesus says, if salt loses its saltiness, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. So let me explain that. That is a very cryptic Jesus way of saying that if you no longer represent Jesus in that moment, you're in big trouble. You can only go to that if you're going to be Jesus in that event. Last, I'm going to... Let's go back. How do I communicate love? Here's the reality. You might perfectly communicate God's love. Absolutely perfectly and still be rejected. So I say that not to condemn you, but to free you. You loved the best and deepest of your ability, and you leave the results up to God. 
And how do I know this is true? How do I know that people will reject perfect love? Jesus. How do we know what love is? Jesus died on the cross for us, right? That he laid down his life for us. Do people reject God's perfect love in Jesus every day? Yes, they do. Do we sometimes reject God's perfect love in Jesus? Yes, we do.